Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Hey there, listeners. This episode was going to be on Cathay in Total War Warhammer 3, their new unit rosters and all that fun stuff. Unfortunately, we weren't able to get our technology working, and so we couldn't record an episode this last week. I didn't want to leave you empty-handed, so this is an episode that GJ and I recorded in the summer. This is a really fun one, and hopefully next week we will have everything working, and we can bring you some sweet Total War Warhammer talk. A blast from the past. These are your five most competitive Warhammer characters of all time. This is the War Games Orchard. Welcome to the show. It is Nathan and GJ here bringing you a bit of a sequel to an episode that we did recently on the magic items of Warhammer Fantasy 5th edition. We have made the best characters of all time quite frankly these is this is it you'll win every game that you take them in and we're gonna go over them today we're gonna have a little bit of fun uh you you may notice uh perhaps these are somewhat unconventional characters and that is on purpose you can have so much fun with the 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 system of magic and magic items in warhammer fantasy fifth edition that we we wanted to do something fun with that we originally had it planned all in one episode both our overview of the fifth edition magic items as well as these characters but that would have been a four-hour podcast so we're gonna we're gonna bring you them now instead and yeah it's just gonna be kind of a fun episode talking about some silly silly characters before we get into that, let's talk some hobby and some news. GJ, what are you up to? Well, I am starting to get up to a little bit more hobby. Um, I think, as most of you know, I just uh, had a little baby girl a couple of weeks ago. And uh, she is uh, eating up a lot of my time, which is very, very nice. Uh, Inconsiderate, though, really. Yeah, very yeah. inconsiderate as well, but uh, well, I'll I'll get back at her uh, later. I'll just force her to uh, make up for lost time and uh, have her play Hero Quest and then and Battle Masters and finally Warhammer and stuff like that with me. Um, oh, see, but, when you uh, said get back at her, I I just thought you'd embarrass her as uh, a teenager. I didn't realize that it was just. Oh yeah. no, no, no! I, you've got to play. I will probably embarrass her as a teenager, but it won't be intentional. Ah, okay, okay. See, no, it's just just making up for lost time. I I don't have uh I don't have a kid yet, but I'm already I already have such plans for when they're a teenager. This this theoretical future kid. I'm yeah. Oh, I'm going to be the dadliest. It's I'm working on my dad jokes. I got a little folder. It's gonna be bad. It's gonna be really bad. Oh, I'm gonna good. take yeah. lots of embarrassing pictures of them as a baby and. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, put, put them in slideshows and uh, mm-hmm. repeat at the birthday parties and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll wonder why they put me in an old folks home uh, at like age like 45. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be 15. <laughs> It'll just be like, yeah. okay. <laughs> All right, we want you out of our lives right now. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's right. Yeah, but well, in, in the spare hobby time that I have, I have been painting a couple of dwarfs. Uh, these are the uh, crew of the Metal Dwarf Cannon. I believe it's a 6th edition version. 
Oh, nice. Um, I did paint the cannon up earlier, just as a little something to do in between. And um, now I've uh, I had the crew sitting on my desk, and I had started on them a bit, and then went back to Nagash and finished him. And uh, well, I, I have a lot of unfinished projects on my desk, even more unfinished projects in my drawers and in my attic and everything. So um, I'm just trying to clear some of the detritus off my desk. And other than that, I've also found a bit of time to uh, do some writing again. I, uh, uh, As I mentioned before, I, I started uh, writing short stories on my uh, blog. And I have, um, I had f- one story that ended on a cliffhanger and I meant to finish it, but then uh, my daughter was born and I, I haven't been able to go back to it. So I've finished that story now and I'm, I've been uh, editing it and uh, oh, awesome. l- looking awesome. for some, um, some pictures to put up. So uh, and right. it will go live and it will actually be a three part story. I meant it to be a two part story, but I, I it's, when I got back into writing, the story just sort of kept writing itself. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, that can happen, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, so if this makes you curious, uh, I'm just going to shamelessly plug my blog here. It's uh, thegoldengriffinaltogether.wordpress.com. Uh, yeah, check that out. So probably by the time you hear this, it'll be up. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, at least the second part of the story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's really, really cool. I'll, uh, so I'll have to check that out. So I have been working away. I've actually had 40K on the brain a lot in the last little while, specifically second and third edition. That is kind of my 40K happy place. And I've decided to have a little bit of fun. I finally figured out how I wanted to paint my Eldar. And I think it was kind of a, it was always going to end up here (laughs) situation. But I had to go through a bunch of test models and other paint schemes before I, I really settled on it. And uh, it is the the classic bile tan craft world paint scheme. Those are the uh, white and green Eldar. So kind of the classic ones that you see with the brambles and uh, things on their vehicles. They're, they're beautiful. They were the studio army back in the 90s. So you see them a lot in battle reports. And they were the ones that really kind of made me look at 40k and been like wow that looks really cool there's actually a a single battle report in white dwarf that got me excited to play 40k i'm a fantasy gamer at heart but i remember reading i can't remember the the number of the white dwarf but it had this wonderful battle report which i think was one of the last battle reports they ever did in white dwarf for second edition it was called ambush ambush at volsi gorge between the blood angels and the eldar and both of those armies were just so stunning. It was the at the time the new Eldar with I think the Fire Prism had just come out. And they had this beautiful Biotan army against these Blood Angels. And it was a really cool battle report. And it really just captured my imagination the way that 40k really hadn't until that point. So now I've got I've got second edition Blood Angels. And now I'm painting up some second edition Eldar in those schemes. And I'm I might even see if I can recreate those forces at some point. I'd have to find a few more models that I don't have to to make those army lists that they used. But it uh, it's been really fun. It's I'm just doing up a small army right now, like about a thousand points. But it was a nice change from doing all of the black warriors of chaos. 
I try to stay away from white generally as like a main color for models because white is very often a, a hard one to to make look good. But yeah, it is white and yellow. Yeah, yeah, and I just couldn't. I just wasn't happy with any of the Eldar stuff that I was doing until I started doing the bile tan. And I was like, okay, well, this is three times as much work as any of the other paint <laughs> schemes I've tried, which is, I think, why I was avoiding it for so long. And now it's just like, okay, I'm in a pretty good place with it. I've got a, a really nice spray paint that is my undercoat, which is, of course, white, because if you're going to paint white models, why would you undercoat them in any other color? Yeah. And that plus I've got a really nice kind of shades of white that I don't even know if they make anymore. I've just had it forever. It's a it's an airbrush paint technically, but I, I just paint it on because it's it's already so nice and thin. You just do a couple of coats of that and gets a nice kind of uh almost glossy white and I really like that a lot. So yeah, I've I've been having fun with that. I've painted up a small squad of gu guardians and a warwalker. And yeah, I don't know how much I'll do before my attention span inevitably shifts to something else but for now i've i've been having fun with that and gonna see if i can get about a thousand points done by the way the um uh the battle report you mentioned uh, according to my google foo it's white dwarf 219 219 okay well thank but i'm you not for sure that. if that's the uh, uk or the us numbering so uh okay it's it's around in, in the early 200s yeah that makes sense that makes a lot of sense and uh, it was actually, I think, one of the first white dwarfs that I bought because uh, I had borrowed a couple from my friend, Chris, who actually got me into Warhammer. And uh, he was he was kind of doing the hard sell. Not that he needed to, because honestly, he just gave me that free pamphlet that they had back in fifth edition that was like showed off uh, Warhammer and 40K and the various things. And man, I just I completely lived with that pamphlet like i was i was married to the thing i think for about <laughs> six months until i i finally got the uh the warhammer starter set and i could i could actually do stuff with models but yeah i think he yeah. he um he lent me uh, a couple of his white dwarfs and i remember going through those and and uh, i think the very first one that i bought or close to the first one i bought was that one so yeah yeah so it's it's been kind of fun it's it's one of those things all i do now is is basically make the armies that i wanted as a kid that's about it <laughs> like the stuff that captured my imagination as a kid i was like oh man i actually have like the skill to kind of do this now and a lot of the models to do yeah. it so lots of fun living the dream living the dream that's it that's it uh, all right. Shall we get started with this uh, super serious look at the, uh, the yes? Let's, let's of do that. Yeah. Cool. So uh... cool. So we did. Uh, we we wanted to have a bunch of categories of characters to make because you can do a lot with Warhammer Fantasy, and we kind of ballooned this a little bit. So we started off with thinking about like a warrior, a wizard, and and kind of a wild card character, and then I think it was you, GJ, who thought of having a different category for the lizard men slan because slan yeah. are insane uh if they you're not are a category <laughs> of their own yeah if you're not familiar with slan in fifth edition they are unreasonable uh as as models they they are tremendously good in close combat they are great at magic they can have a million magic items and you can just you can just spend all of your points on a slan and make it the most ridiculous thing in the whole world so we we decided to make a slan each as well and then we also decided to make a Dwarf Lord. And yes. that was because we wanted to play around a little bit with the runic system, which is, I think, one of the uh, the real 
cool things about dwarfs in in the hero hammer era they're they're a book that struggles quite a bit uh because they they really lack movement they lack a lot of the important things that make an army good in in fourth and fifth edition but they do have this cool runic system and you can do some really fun stuff with that so we decided to make a dwarf lord as well so we have five categories in total we've got our wizard our fighter our slan our dwarf lord and one wild card choice which i'm very excited about because this this was my (laughs) one of my favorite characters and honestly it's one of the simplest that i've made but i just i love the idea of it so much so I'm, i'm really really looking forward to getting to that one i think though we should start with either our wizard or our fighter what are you what are you feeling to start uh, this off? shall we start with the fighter because he's at the top of my documents and that, no that sounds reason good. than that we well we, i don't want to mess up your documents so let's do that oh no well uh, <laughs> All if right. my documents the only thing you mess up then i i can forgive you about that oh, okay okay yeah. at least this once all <laughs> right uh why don't you start us off what yeah uh, shall i yeah all right so uh for my fighter i decided i wanted to go with um as many hard-hitting attacks as I could get. And as an orc player, I thought, why not throw an orc in there somewhere? Ah, so right at the start, we have our Savage Orc Warlords. And I've named him... Um, well, most of my names are a bit uh, unimaginative. Uh, but this one is Conork uh, the Barbarian. <laughs> All right. And uh, a Savage Orc Warlord is uh, 150 points, and for that you get a Movement 4, Weapon Skill 6, Ballistic Skill 6, Strength 4, Toughness 5, 3 Wounds, Initiative 5, 4 Attacks, Leadership 9, Frenzied Orc. So a Frenzy in uh, 4th and 5th edition means you just double the number of attacks, so those 4 attacks become 8 right off the bat. I love and that then Frenzy. I, uh, yeah, it is, is my so favorite good. frenzy. It's so good. Uh, I equipped him with um, well, the one magic item that you have to give every orc general, in my opinion, in the Hero Hammer era, which is Morgor the Mangler. Uh, 125 points magic item, which gives you plus one weapon skill, plus one strength, plus one toughness. Always strikes first, and no armor saves are allowed except for magical armor. Nice. So that uh, gives him 8 strength 5 attacks at web skill 7. Uh, he's got a toughness of 6, so uh, strength 3 can just about barely wound him. I gave him uh, some protection in the armor of brilliance, which is uh, 75 points for a 3 plus armor save and minus 2 to hit. Um, so even if that web skill 7 is not enough, you're also getting an extra, extra minus 2 to hit, so that would sixes in most cases i guess and uh just for the extra bit of hitting power i equipped him with a potion of strength which gives you plus three strength and is one use only so that will be eight strength eight attacks in that one turn um which i thought would probably be sufficient to jump through well most things especially if you put him in a unit of savage orcs or or Maybe even give him a boar or something like that, uh, which I didn't do. I put all my characters on foot. Yeah, I didn't mount my characters either. I just figured we would do them, do them nice yeah. and pure on their on their own. That Morgor, is yeah. that is a terrifying, terrifying orc. I don't think about Morgor the Mangler nearly enough. I feel like because oh, you, sh- you should think about it I at should. least once a day. Yeah, <laughs> you just put, put it in your daily schedule. Yeah, just just take five minutes 
when I yeah. get up in the morning and think about Morgor the Mangler, I actually totally forgot that it had always strikes first. That's huge. That's so big, it especially is, yeah. for orc and goblin characters whose initiative is passable at best for a character. Like well, just comparing them to characters. Decent. It's oh, it's decent, but I'm just that. I'm thinking against like if they're fighting against other characters, they're yeah. they're usually at a bit of a disadvantage there. I like that a lot. I really thought you were gonna go blade of leaping gold, just for the 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 plus three attacks. But yeah, I, I was think thinking about it, but I think you've would, got enough though. Uh, I think you you do yeah. like, and it's it's what eight strength eight attacks. Eight strength eighth, yeah. <laughs> eight and, strength and, eight um, attacks. Yeah. The attacks from blade of leaping gold are not doubled, so. I'd rather th- take those um, eight strength, eight attacks than eleven strength five. What is it? No, strength seven attacks. Well, it's still better, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I, I. I think you. You made the right choice. I mean, definitely. Uh, the more expensive choice because Morgor the Mangler is, is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's um, almost as expensive as the, as the entire orc. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, I, I like him a lot. Yeah. That's gonna, that's gonna chop a dragon to pieces, quite frankly. Um, I should try that sometimes. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like, I like that. Uh, what was his total points again? Uh, 360. 360. Yeah. Wow. That's even not that bad. No, it's not. It is actually doable. I might, I might try that out at some point. Oh, <laughs> I like that. Cuz in, in a 2000 point game, that's definitely not an unreasonable amount to spend on your general. No, it's not. Yeah, all right. That's that's a really good orc. I like him. <laughs> yeah, armor of brilliance uh, I was as thinking well about maybe good. doing a doing a demon prince or something like that, but I thought, well, let's just keep to the regular infantry bases. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Um so my my fighter, I I went for I I usually have undead on the brain but i actually i went for the vampire count specifically here because i wanted to play around with the bloodline powers and i uh i ended up with a blood dragon vampire lord his name is immortal joe and he (laughs) is uh so he starts off as a vampire lord at 350 points which i mean gets you an impressive profile to begin with uh so i've given him three bloodline powers i've given him warrior pride heart piercing and red fury so warrior pride is uh the vampire can wear normal and magic armor and still maintain his spell casting abilities important for someone who is kind of on the the front lines there and i've given him red fury which is plus one attack and finally a heart piercing which is my favorite one of all. The vampire can reroll missed hand-to-hand attacks in the first round of every combat. Nice. And yeah, yeah. So that that is really nice. One of my my it's not even a pet peeve, but the weapon skill system in Warhammer is it doesn't favor really high weapon skill because of the the variable or the variance is so low. Uh, yeah. What the best you can hit on is a three plus. You usually lose most of your attacks to that, or at least I seem to. um (laughs) so i did give him the blade of leaping gold i really like it on a vampire uh just because they're so strong to begin with i don't need to worry about upping their strength really with that strength seven uh so three extra so he's actually got four extra attacks with that so he's got uh eight strength seven attacks at weapon skill eight which is pretty decent uh he's got of course the armor of fortune which is the the bargain basement wonderful armor that you take all the time um he has the cursed book 
which is a minus one to hit for all living uh creatures in base contact which I, I really like as well we actually went for kind of similar ideas yeah. here though i think i think you did it better because i think you did it better for cheaper honestly <laughs> than i did because uh, he comes in at 550 points which is is ludicrously expensive i mean he is toughness six with four wounds uh as well as a, a, a spell caster on top of that so he's got a little bit more going for him than than an orc general would but he comes in about 200 points more than your uh orc general does and your orc general does actually manage to hit a little bit harder than immortal joe does yeah i um i like that i i think he's i think he's definitely um i mean he's he's terrifying he's going to basically win any combat that he's he's you put him in but i am paying 550 points for him so <laughs> i yeah. don't know i don't know how great that that one is uh i think definitely i would give give the warrior segment to you because i i think you i think you did more with less there um also representing orcs and goblins which is always the best thing um <laughs> oh, don't worry i have uh, undead represented uh... yeah <laughs> this is a bit of a spoiler alert but this is not my only uh, no, not my only undead character here because I love them so much. <laughs> All right. Um, so shall we, uh, shall we pop over to the to wizards? The wizards. Yeah. 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 You want to start us off? Sure. Sure. So my wizard, uh, and, and here is where the, uh, the spoiler alert comes into play here. Uh, scary Larry is a <laughs> necromancer Lord. So he starts off at 410 points. There's a bit of a theme here for me. One of the things that I absolutely love about uh, fourth and fifth edition is that you can make wizards into pretty darn good fighters. Uh, so I've tried to do that a little bit with Scary Larry, and no it's, it's, I, it's it's not I, particularly okay, um, hard. I did that with my wizard too, but we'll <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll we'll come to that in a bit. Okay, nice, nice. So I I went with a, a mix of magical items or, or items for his magic abilities and items to make him a little bit more of a a beat stick in close combat so he he's good at both he's not like an out of control character at either uh so scary larry uh necromancer lord he has the flail of skulls which is the lovely plus two strength in the first round of combat two damage uh per wound he has the black amulet as his protective item so you get that wound rebounding uh plus the four plus special save he has the Staff of Damnation, because I consider it mandatory uh, for, the, for any undead army. That is the extra action with an undead unit, an extra move, yep. an extra fight, those kind of things. And finally, one thing that I haven't taken in a while, and that is the Potion of Knowledge. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come clean here. We made these characters a little while ago. And uh, so I'm, I can't honestly remember. <laughs> I'm looking it up right now, Potion of Knowledge. Oh, the wizard can cast spells for no power cost. On a one or two, the potion's effects have worn off. On a further roll of one, the wizard goes stupid for the rest of the game. He has a ridiculous leadership of like nine or ten, so I'm not super worried about stupidity. And even if it's only a couple of spells for free, that is worth 50 points yeah. for to me, uh, for sure. Uh, yeah, so that is that is Scary Larry. I think he's more of an all-arounder. But he is uh, he he can fight in close combat. You know your your hero level character isn't gonna necessarily uh, chop him to bits. He's good in he's still a level four wizard. Still has a staff of damnation. Just all around 
uh, a good guy to know if you are a uh, an undead lord. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, I'd uh, definitely try that. Like to try that build sometimes with uh, the necromancer. That potion of knowledge ex- escaped my attention. It's uh, I- I'm I'm going to use that at some point. Yeah, it's a. It's it's one that I gotta like make a little note of. I like I should think about Morgor the Mangler every morning. I should think about yeah. the potion of knowledge <laughs> because that's ridiculous. Casting spells for free is ridiculous. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Um, and, and you got a sixty-seven percent chance that you can cast more than one spell for free. Mm-hmm. Which so, is yeah. real nice. Yeah. And and just for anyone listening who maybe isn't familiar with necromancers in Warhammer Fourth uh, and Fifth Edition. Uh, they don't mess around. Uh, so they are movement four, weapon skill seven, ballistic skill seven, strength five, toughness four, four wounds, initiative six, five attacks, and leadership ten. Uh, which is why I'm not really worried about stupidity on him. And so think of him with the flail of skulls. He's got weapon skill seven. He will be hitting at strength seven with five attacks, each of those attacks doing two damage each. Like, this is a wizard. This is unreasonable <laughs> for a wizard. Uh- and if that's not enough, you can also choose all of your own spells. And that's it, because he's got, yeah, he's got access to necromancy, which is, uh, we were having this conversation before the, the show, uh, I think easily the, the best of the spell lores in 4th yeah. uh, and 5th edition, for sure. It's, it's got great spells, and you can mm-hmm. just choose and, and, which ones you will need. Yeah, and, and utility spells, as well as damage spells template spells like it basically does everything you want from yeah. magic it's just so good it's so so good summon skeletons of course mm-hmm. and you can always use more skeletons that's that's just yeah good definitely science. That's, yeah. that's a given yeah <laughs> all right well what Especially is if you can cast them for free mm-hmm. what is your wizard looking like well my wizard is looking like a chaos sorcerer lord oh yes 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 okay. and this is uh this is mr blah 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 <laughs> so, so I can't even, <laughs> can't even pronounce his name. Uh, Mr. Blaster. Uh, Mr. Blaster, um, last name Stabber. So uh, we have Blaster Stabber. Um, which is basically what he does because he can blast magic and he will stab you in the eye because I also made him one that would um, be a nice thing to have in close combat. A Chaos Sorcerer Lord is um, at 365 points. Uh, sorry, 356 points. I uh, misread that there. Uh, you have a movement of 4, weapon skill 6, ballistic skill 6, a strength 5, toughness 5, and we are once again talking about a wizard. <laughs> uh, 4 wounds, initiative 9, 4 attacks, and also a leadership of 10. I have been thinking about which mark to give him, and I'm going either with the mark of Slanesh or the mark of Nurgle. I think if we're, we're just going to have two wizards fighting, battling it off, um, like uh, you and me one-on-one with these characters we made, I would have given him the Mark of Slanesh, which says I... that no enemy within 12 inches can shoot or cast at the Sorcerer. That's just basically taking out your magic power Ooh, there. Yeah. Um, but in a regular battle, I think I'd prefer the Mark of Nurgle, uh, which means that no non-Nurgle wizard with a lower level within 6 inches can cast spells. So... Uh, that's just b- casting spells, period, and not not even just at the sorcerer himself. Nice, um, nice. Of course, I equipped him with chaos armor because, well, what's the point of taking a chaos wizard if you're not going to armor him up? So he has a four plus armor save. I also equipped him with a black amulet for the four plus ward save, 
Um, and I uh, wanted to try out something that I've never tried out before, which is a Chaos Familiar, uh, which is basically a little beastie that costs you 50 points. It has its own profile, it's not very impressive, but it will give you uh, plus one or minus one to any one dice roll per turn, which is um, something That's pretty that huge. could, could yeah. just get one of those uh, spells off, maybe. Um, uh, oh no! It's the uh, opponent that's that's dispelling. I'm not sure if it's if it can affect dice rolls from other players because if that's the case, then it would really that's really a good nice. question. Well, um, uh, uh, the the text here says that the sorcerer is accompanied by a tiny chaos familiar. As long as the familiar is in base contact with its master, he may add one to or subtract one from any one dice roll each turn. Player must declare he is doing this before he does so. So I think oh. it says here that you have to declare before you roll, but I'm not sure. Um, either way, um, uh, it, it's well maybe reading this, it, it's a bit less powerful than I think it might be. So um, maybe we'd have to look that up how it's how it's put on the card or something like that, or if it, if there's an errata for that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's also me making this list uh, many weeks ago, <laughs> yeah, many moons ago even, and uh, just discussing it now. So uh, yeah, um, yeah. Chaos Armor, Black Amulet, Case Familiar. I also gave him the uh, Helm of Many Eyes, which gives him oh, always so strikes first. Yep. And I equipped him with a Chaos Tomb Blade, which means that for each wound scored on a living creature, you get plus one Wind of Magic card. Oh yes, that which definitely uh, wouldn't work if I put him across from your necromancer. But yeah, you know, other than that, other than that though, you're you're pretty safe. Uh, Heinrich Kemmler yeah. has that item, which uh, that makes me happy that you you nice. you've got yeah. that. Uh, yeah, and uh, he's got it. He's got it both in the Undead book and in the Vampire Counts book. Vampire Counts, yeah. But he makes a much better use of it in the Undead book for sure, because his his stats are much better. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I I like what you've done there. The chaos wizard always such a good choice. The chaos armor for sure. Like yeah, like you said, there's no point. There's no point in ever not taking chaos armor. It's wonderful. Yeah, so it's you want a, a great four plus save for like ten points. It's, it it's so points. good. Yeah. What was his uh, What was his final total? Five seventy five. Five seventy five. Okay, scary Larry. I don't think I I mentioned it when I was doing him. Uh, was at five ninety. So they're they're pretty close. Yeah, they're pretty close. I <laughs> still think that scary Larry might beat Blaster Stabber. I think you you have the better build here. Scary Larry is is he? I mean, he lives up to his namesake. He is pretty scary. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I like both of these characters though. I think I think they'd be they'd be fun. I mean, most of the what I was trying to do with these was was trying to. Uh, to make something that would be fun to play as opposed to yeah, uh, yeah like the, the best thing ever. Same um, for me. Yeah. All right. Why don't we move on to one of our specialty ones? Do you feel like doing the dwarf or the slan first? Um. Well, I'm good either way. Okay. All right. Why don't we start with the dwarf? Let's start with the dwarf. Uh, yeah. yeah. He's right here for me. Um. Yeah. Do you wanna do you wanna take point on this guy? Sure. Well, um, this is um, Mr. Tough. T-U-F-F, uh, of the Tank Clan. <laughs> so uh, we have here Dwarf I, I feel like, Tank. I feel like there might be a slight theme to this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the, the uh, names are um, aptly chosen. Let, let's uh, <laughs> keep it at that. Um, 
I actually made this one a rune lord, um, and there was a reason for that. Oh, that's a neat choice. I think it was, it had something to do with the stats. Let me just grab my dwarf army book real quick. Uh, like I said a long time ago, I believe that the rune lords had better stats than the uh, the regular dwarf fighter lords. Uh, he's definitely tougher and stronger. You have a and better weapon skill. General, and you have the lords. and he has yeah. more attacks. Wow! I wish I had looked at this because <laughs> I I just figured that the rune lord couldn't be more powerful than the lord, but the rune you, lord you, you is took terrifying. a lowly general. Yeah, I yeah. took a lowly general. Oh no. Okay, well, you, boy, you do pay is... for it because the uh, rune lord is three hundred six points right at the bat, and the general is only one sixty. And of course, you need to have a general in a regular Warhammer battle. But we are just building characters, uh, crazy characters, giving them lots of magic items. So, um, what do we do with our dwarf rune lord? Uh, the stats are movement three, of course, web skill eight, ballistic skill six, strength five, toughness six. Four wounds, initiative five, four attacks, and a leadership of ten. Now, the first item that I gave my dwarf is the uh, Golden Scepter of Norgrim, which is a must-have item for any dwarf, uh, mm -hmm. at least any dwarf in a regular army, because uh, the unit led by the scepter bearer may add plus one movement or plus one strength to each model or have plus one armor save. And you can... Um, Choose that every turn. So you you just have a uh, movement four dwarf here, which is basically uh, I put them in a unit of iron breakers and then they're just running up the board, at least by dwarf standards. <laughs> and then once they get into combat, you'll give them that extra strength or that extra armor save, just whatever they need. Um, fifth points item. And that's the only non-runic item that I gave him. I furthermore gave him a runic armor. Uh, which consists of a heavy armor and a shield. I put the Master Rune of Gromril on that, which basically puts his toughness at 10. Oh, I do like um, that one, yeah. It's uh, 150 points, but a toughness 10 character is very difficult to kill. I gave him also a Rune of Fortitude, which gives him plus one wound, bumping his wounds up from 4 to 5, as if toughness 10 wasn't enough. And a rune of resistance, which means that he can um, reroll failed armor saves on an unmodified 4+. So, oh boy. no ward save, nice. but a, an armor save that um, can be rerolled, and the reroll is uh, um, negates the strength uh, of the of the bearer's weapon. Now, for the weapon, I gave him a uh, runic axe with the master rune of death for 100 points saying all wounds kill automatically. Um, in order to do some wounds, I also gave him a rune of cleaving for 20 points, plus one strength, and a rune of fury for plus one attack, also 20 points. So we have here a weapon skill 8, strength 6, toughness 10, 5 wound, 5 attack, dwarf, rune lord, for a whopping 750 points. God. <laughs> I love it. Oh my god. I was thinking he was creeping up. I was like, is this is this gonna be like a thousand point rune lord? He wasn't wasn't too far off. Wow. That is it's a cool that. that is a cool dwarf. <laughs> I like him a lot. I think you I think you did a great job with, with going crazy on him. Wow. Yeah, well uh, going crazy is definitely the uh 
uh, was the, the name correct of the description game? here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh wow, that is that is impressive. That is very impressive. So I yeah I did not know about this this rune lord hack here where the the rune lord is uh significantly better stat line wise than than the dwarf lord so mine mine might look a little bit pale in comparison here uh so my dwarf lord is known as thori the shin shatterer and uh so <laughs> Love he, it. yeah so we i started off with his weapon so he has a runic axe and he has uh, Scalf Blackhammer's Master Rune for 75 points, uh, which always wounds, which is just nice to, to have. I like not having to roll for things because I can't fail it if I don't have to roll. And he also has the Rune of Smiting for 70 points, which uh, is every wound is D6 wounds. And finally, the Rune of Fury which I think is one attack. Um, yeah, plus we went, one we went through that. I yeah, have plus one too. attack. Yeah. I just didn't make that note there. Uh, so an expensive, but a, a good axe. Didn't quite go for the auto death, but I figured automatically wounding for D6 wounds is, is yeah, pretty close to that. Yeah, definitely for something. Yeah. Uh, what, what's your strength at? So his strength is at... Uh, he, so he's a regular Dwarf Lord. So his strength is at four. Okay, so just a minus one armor save. So just a minus one armor save. Yeah. yeah, he's he's mostly going for number of attacks and just like if he gets one, if he gets one, like he's gonna wound you a bunch of times, uh, and then he's basically working on you fa failing failing those saves. Um, yeah. So he has uh, for protection, he has heavy armor. Uh, there's runic heavy armor. He's got the master rune of adamant. Uh, for 50 points, which gives that armor an additional plus two armor. So his, his heavy armor goes from a five plus to a three plus. Uh, he then has a rune of stone on that, which is an additional uh, plus one armor um, for the two plus, And then finally a shield uh, to, to get him to one plus. Uh, and then his last runic item is actually a runic ring. And he is, he has the... Uh, Master Rune of Spite, which I just, I love the fact that that's a thing that exists. It's a very spiteful <laughs> rune. Uh, it rebounds wounds on a 5+. Plus, and he also has the Rune of Luck, uh, which was a, I think just a reroll once per game. There. Uh, probably, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he comes in at quick. 425 points altogether. So a fair, a fair bit cheaper. Um but he is he is not nearly as impressive as yours unfortunately <laughs> i just like i was listening to yours and i was just like oh man like this is this is much cooler than than what i made yeah We're... i was so so glad i saw that the uh rune lord had those increased stats compared to the regular dwarf general mm. where where mine i think would shine would be against monsters and monstrous mounts yeah. Yeah, because they don't well. tend to have a great armor save and he's just going to do so he's going to do too many wounds for them to survive with the yeah. rune of smiting plus the he doesn't plus worry the about their toughness wounds. and it, yeah it's d6 wounds so um yeah, yeah so that's where he is yeah good uh, i i'm just i'm a little down on him now though because because <laughs> i liked <laughs> i liked yours so much better uh but that's he's a very cool dwarf um i also have like I've I've made two dwarf characters in my life, one for uh, Flail of Skulls for one of their army list podcasts, and then this one. So my my dwarf uh, runic skills are are very very uh, low here. 
Yeah, but how cool is it that you can just uh, build your own magic items? You can just mm -hmm. take a little bit of this, take a little bit of that. There are some rules, some restrictions. You can't go really over the top by putting five master runes on on something. Yeah, but yeah. other than that, you can just uh, go wild with your magic items. I I love that they put that in here in the uh, fourth edition dwarf book, and they actually kept that i think also all the way through 8th edition i'm not quite sure about 8th edition but at least in in 6 and 6.5 um you could build your own magic items let me just check the 8th edition book real quick yeah you also have uh, yeah. weapon runes and then yeah. panel runes i mean it, runes it's in 8th edition it, it's toned yeah. down of course because it would have to be <laughs> seeing as it was no longer the hero hammer era but yeah it, it is it's a really neat and unique thing for the dwarves i love that they have that and i love that you can just you can use that especially in later editions to make just some of the absolute powerhouse uh characters in the game like yeah. dwarf lords that can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with uh vampire lords and chaos lords and stuff right with with these unit combos they should uh definitely they should be able to yeah 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 i i always like dwarfs for me are always i, I always put them in that kind of elite army category where you know, you're you're not going to have many of them, but they're all going to be really, really good. And I, I like yeah. them there. I think they should be there. Um, but yeah, I yeah, agree. Yeah. All right. So that leaves us with the slan. Yes. And I'm really excited about this. One. <laughs> I had I had a lot of fun with the slan uh, because you could you could just do so many dumb things with them. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's really cool. Um, yeah, uh, I can I can go first for this one. if you Yeah, like. sure. Sure. Go ahead. Just going to grab my Lizardman book here. So this is L Talk John, the Rocket Slan. And he <laughs> is, he's wonderful. Uh, he's my favorite thing. Uh, so he starts off at 560 points for a Mage Priest Lord, making him way more expensive than most of the characters that I've made, uh, just base. And, oh no, sorry, 550 points, not 560. Oh yeah, I, I, yeah. I was just about to grab my, <laughs> yeah. my Lizardman book because I thought, well, maybe... Uh... Yeah, I, yeah. I this is me not reading this, my yeah. own writing. He's <laughs> uh, five fifty, indeed. Yeah, yeah, five fifty. So, um, the first thing I did with him was made him the army uh, battle standard for fifty points. Of course, of yep. course, because why not? Why not just spend all of the points in the world uh, when you've got a slain mage priest? The reason that I've done this, however, is for arguably the coolest banner of all time. That is the jaguar standard, ah. and the, the jaguar standard is what makes him the rocket slan and uh for anyone who was unlucky enough to not play lizard men in fifth edition and i do i you know i i pray for your poor souls because it was it was the best of all things uh the the jaguar standard is way way too much fun basically what it allows you to do is add a d6 to his movement value at the start of a turn three times in a game so he starts with movement four on average, roll is getting you either movement 7 or movement 8. And you're going to know at the start of the turn, so you can kind of do some really fun stuff. And you can... So, so, does this double when you're charging? It is does, it included? yeah. Is it Yeah. Oh, wow. It's wonderful. I didn't <laughs> so pick good. up on that one. Great. Yeah. So uh, people use it. I use this with with Stegodons, uh, because having a rocket Stegodon is, is one of the most rewarding things to do when you just shoot a Stegodon. 
uh, like 20 inches up the board into something that is not prepared for a stegaton. <laughs> it's it's one of the best things. Uh, arguably, though, this is probably even more effective because a stegaton, you get those impact hits, which is fun. The stegaton itself is okay at fighting and the skinks are skinks. But a slan mage lord is going to just absolutely wreck whatever it touches and if you get lucky on that roll you can get movement 10 for a slam mage priest and just zoom him up the table i actually have a, a, a funny story the uh very first time that i joined the flail of skulls podcast for one of their army list discussions they were doing lizard men and i was i was super excited for that because this is this is my army from from fifth edition this is what i started with and I wanted to make a really fun slan. And the great thing about slan is that they're so good in close combat. <laughs> I actually forgot about their spellcasting ability entirely. Like, I just forgot he was a spellcaster <laughs> because it was just like, I'm going to ram this thing down somebody's throat. And so I gave him I gave him a bunch of armor, not even thinking that that would stop his spellcasting ability. And the guys on Flail Skull... Oh, yeah, all, I remember that. Yeah, they're all super, like, high competitive level. And it was just like, why did you do that? And I was just like... I, I forgot. I forgot he could cast spells. <laughs> it's just like this is this is the most embarrassing moment of my uh, army list writing career. But it was so much fun. Yeah, I, I love them. Uh, yeah. So uh, so he's got the Jaguar standard to to make him with a rocket slam. Uh, I also gave him the Hydra Blade. Now this Ooh, is one nice. that I don't take a whole lot, but I think it was it's a lot of fun for this character in particular magic supplement here so I, I don't mess up exactly what it does here but it's it's a really fun one so the hydra sword for each attack that hits it equals d6 hits so now this is this is can be kind of confusing but it's basically you hit a single model and then that model takes d6 hits so it's yeah. it's really quite good uh, against single models um you resolve each hit separately and roll to wound for each so he has a base of six attacks so he doesn't really need i mean it's always nice to have more attacks but he's got about as good a starting attack profile as you could hope for for a character so i thought for him why not just turn his six attacks into like a million hits on on whatever he's fighting so that is yeah, why I'm and, and he's got a big base, so you can just say, "Well, one attack at uh, exactly this, uh, right." Model, like you can still kill a lot of of guys with that, and uh, yeah. So that is his um, weapon. Oh, you're uh, a bit mistaken because the uh, Slan Mage Lord has eight attacks. The uh, oh, I was looking at his initiative. Slan. Thank you, eight attacks. Yeah. Right. So you really don't need to up his attacks. No, so, yeah, no, you don't. He's going to do terrible things. Thank you, uh, and. Um, so then he has the ever popular potion of strength. So you, you pop this at the start of the turn that that you're going to be charging in, and all of a sudden uh, he's strength nine with eight attacks with the hydra blade. Uh, so he's just going to kill whatever he touches. And then uh, for the kind of piece de resistance on this guy, I gave him for fifty points the healing potion. Um, which is another one that I'm going to look up because we did this a long time ago. Uh, so maybe drunk at the at any time except during the close combat phase restores the user to full wounds. I love this nice. on a slan because the slan uh, lord has eight wounds. So 
chances are, unless something really bad has impacted your slam, your your opponent at best is going to like chip a few wounds off this thing at a time. And then, oh, turn three, turn four, you're just like, oh, hey, by the way, yeah, the slam that you had down to half wounds or, or three wounds, yeah, he's now back up to eight wounds. Uh, it's It's wonderful. I love this guy so much. He might be... He's probably my second favorite character that I made uh, for this. Yeah. He's uh, tough thing can take him. <laughs> he probably automatically. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. There's I I didn't uh, I I didn't spec for uh, for instant death on this guy. So. Oh, uh, but um, I oh, know that's that's not true. Uh, I was going to say you also have a four plus ward save. Uh, the shield of the old ones. Yeah, I do have the special save. Yeah. 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 Although you've you've got enough, I think, attacks with uh, yeah. with him to to get through that, because you only need one to go through, right? So that's that's the beauty yeah, of that that's guy. True. Um, yeah. So he comes in at seven hundred and sixty points, <laughs> so about the same as your uh, your dwarf rune lord. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what do you got for us for a slan? All right. Well, I went completely the opposite direction. Okay. For this Did you one. actually give him um, something to to give him better magic? Because I just ignored magic again. I did. <laughs> yeah. I I made a uh, I made a slan that's um, basically going to out magic the gosh, or at least Ooh, that's what okay. I, I plan him to do. Uh, this is uh, my slan. He is uh, Lord Oftama Jigface. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know why so, I love that so much. So, so, sounded Aztec enough. Um, yeah. Uh, he's a, of course, a mage priest lord at 550 points. He's got the same stat as your guy does. I also gave him the uh, battle standard, but I went for the banner of sorcery, which gives you plus d6 winds of magic cards at the start of the game. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, that's that's basically the direction this is going in. I get you. I um, equipped him with the plaque of dominion, a bound spell that says all lizardmen can always strike first. Um, I'm sensing a trend here, looking at my characters in hindsight. I put a lot of always strike first on there. I mean, it's Maybe not a bad I, idea. I, I usually play low initiative armies like skeletons and, and orcs. So, uh, yeah. Um, well, this is just all lizardmen always strike first. Um, I gave him the Forbidden Rod, uh, which, uh, just like your Necromancer, allows him to cast spell for free. But he takes a wound on a 4 plus with no armor saves allowed. Which is not very big of a deal because he's got 8 wounds to start with. And just in um, to, uh, to make sure that he survives until the end of the battle, I gave him the Amber Amulet. Which allows you to recover 1 wound at the start of each turn. And then just to um, round things off, I gave him a Book of Asher. Which gives you plus 1 magic level. And a spell familiar, which allows you to have one extra spell. So I have here a level 5 slan um, with one extra spell. And I do believe that the Book of Asher, does it also allow you to have an extra spell? Do you know that by heart? The Book of Asher? Uh, yeah, so it um, the bear gains one magic level and the wizard may take spells from any... Uh, yeah, so I think when they gain the magic level, they just they get that that extra spell oh wait it's 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 up to a maximum of four i see here oh yes it is ah well then that's not very useful maybe i was thinking about another one uh Uh, um, oh no that's that's the war crown of saffrey i'm thinking of yeah that's only only, only, uh, yeah yeah well i was thinking about that one but i probably messed it up so yeah, well, uh, let's do something else then. Uh, assume that I gave him something for 50 points or, <laughs> or maybe a little bit more. 
that uh, allows him, him to do fifty a, points. A you can give him the stuff. worst item in the game. <laughs> you give him the bane head. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I won't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, a, yeah. that's a good way. To uh, do let, it. Let, let's go with the book of secrets. Um, mm. Spells for no power cost, and uh, the wizard loses d six characteristic points. He's got plenty, so I can probably. Uh, the Wand Do of that, Jet uh, might be a good one as well. Uh, reduces cost oh, yeah. of casting spells by one power point. Because oh, he's going to have point. a lot of power cards. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe, maybe do some, some bounce spells just to draw some extra dispels. Ooh, no, I yeah. don't need that. Yeah, let's go with Wand of Jet. Nice. Right. Thanks for uh, helping me improve my... Uh... <laughs> no problem. No problem. Yeah. Uh, love the choice for Amber Amulet. That's, that's a popular one for me anytime I, I build a slan. Because they've got so many yeah. wounds, and just having them regain one wound a turn is just, it's painful for your opponent, right? It is, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I like that we both went in in totally different directions for the slan. But that's that's the great thing about them, is they're just so good at everything that you can make a slan that is just, yeah, is, is just going to sling spells all game. Or you can just make a slan that, that just rockets up the table uh, very, um, in a very irrational manner and and uh fights people yeah yeah what yeah. was the the final points total on uh, uh a mere 875 oh okay oh bargain basement yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> easily easily uh fit into any list really if you got a few points yeah, yeah, yeah basically yeah. just just do some uh, 500 points border patrol and uh lord <laughs> of the magic face can fit right in yeah <laughs> here we go all right yeah i honestly i think there's few things that, it, as far as character creation goes in this game, that that comes close to to just playing around with with the slan because they they can do whatever you want them to. It's it's they so can much do fun. so much. They can have five magic items to start with, and then you can also give them a magic banner. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, and and this is a uh, you don't have to buy a a separate character for the battle standard, which is usually like a. Uh, uh, a very lousy hero level character. Yeah, and you can you can just put that battle standard on your toughness five eight wounds, big bad toad. Yeah, there's there's so few times in Hero Hammer where you can take a battle standard and it's not an immediate liability. Yeah, <laughs> and this is this is one of those times which is is really nice. I love the fact that Games Workshop when they when they made these rules, firstly they they just were like Slan should be out of this world good yes. which i i mean it makes sense like these are these are the creatures that helped shape the world with the old ones back in the day like they should be ludicrous and their their points cost is ludicrous as well so i mean i i i, I get that they're it very very good it, yeah. even for their points cost like they they can do just whatever but i i do like that that and i i miss that in in later eras um, I do love what they did in 6th uh, edition, where they have the slan being of different generations, mm -hmm. different spawnings. That was so good. That was so good. The I, I loved that that was... It was always part of the fluff, and yeah. you kind of got it as far as 5th edition was concerned, because you had, you know, your your mage priests, your champions, and you, yeah, you, you had, kind you of got the sense that they levels, were the different, but, uh... the, the different spawnings. But the idea that yeah you could upgrade this the the slan to a higher spawning was was so cool yeah yeah they were definitely they were definitely good in later editions like I have I have no problem with them except they always got eaten up by any spell that was uh, uh, initiative based 
uh yeah. call was was my bane uh purple sun whatever but i think they really lost something when they redesigned the model and it was just a floaty chair instead of the the palanquin because i loved the ability to fight with a slam i just thought that was so yeah, cool it's true. and uh yeah. I, I really missed that yeah oh man this was this was so much fun to do for the uh for these characters yeah all right definitely. we got one left shall we go and... to our wild card yeah yeah i'm super excited about this one uh this is because i firstly i i i have very little idea of what i did and no idea what you did so <laughs> um this is this is gonna be fun uh would you like to take lead or shall i yeah sure Okay. Yeah, well, fine either way, but uh, I'll start. Yeah. Cool. Um, I've uh, selected a vampire lord, and Ooh, okay. um, like unlike the other characters I made, his name is not something that will trigger a bell directly, but I will explain it. Uh, he is Otto von Karstein, and um, Otto is a uh, vampire lord with the pure blood. Um, uh, what's it called? Bloodline power. Which is uh, does nothing except that he can wear the Karstein ring. Ah. Um, I also gave him a, uh, a, a transfix, which means that the opponent must pass a leadership test or they cannot attack. And the whole reason for pure blood for being a von Karstein vampire lord is the Karstein ring, which says that if your character is slain, the vampire is returned to full wounds. Now, of course, there's only one item that you want to combine that with, uh, which is the Heart of Woe. Uh, which means that if the vampire is slain, all models within um, a number of inches equal to the number of wounds that he has, which is four, take an automatic hit at the strength of his own strength plus d6, uh, which is strength seven plus d6 for d6 wounds each. That's a um, monstrous range at four inches. Is, yeah. Like a four-inch circle is ridiculous. Yeah, it's a four-inch, uh, well, tactical nuke. <laughs> um, he's got a uh, frost blade for 100 points which gives him killing blow and no armor saves allowed except for magic armor and for the uh, protection I didn't give him too much protection because he wanted Heart of Woe to go off so I gave him a uh, heavy armor and a shield which gives him a 4 plus armor save I do believe that does mean that he cannot cast anymore it's just this is me making the same mistake as you did with your slant. <laughs> it's, it's an easy one to but, do. Yeah, yeah, so maybe I shouldn't give him any armor at all. Um, but I don't want to give him a ward save either. So um, you could run him naked. I mean, he is still tough six, right? I'm so not sure he's, about this. He's gonna have he, a little uh, be, bit of yeah, survivability. Yes, yeah. But yeah, yeah I mean, you you really just want him to survive long you, enough to die. Across the battlefield, will. Yeah. Uh, Cause extra fear checks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he he needs to uh, he needs to die, um, mm -hmm. preferably only once during the game. <laughs> but um, well, of course, if he dies a second time, the heart of woe won't work anymore because heart of woe is a one-use only item. Um, I named him Otto von Karstein after a, a character I came across in one of the Terry Pratchett novels. Oh, okay. uh, I've been reading through the uh, whole Discworld series and uh, one of the novels is The Truth which is about a, um, uh, a printing press coming to the, uh, the Discworld and uh, newspapers being printed and they have a vampire photographer and you know what happens when vampires meet um, bright light such as in flash photography they crumble to dust <laughs> 
uh, this vampire's name in the book is uh, Otto von Krieg, so I thought Otto von Karstein would be his uh, Warhammer fantasy counterpart. Oh, I love it. That's so good. See, I Thank thought you. I thought what you were referencing when I first heard it was Otto von Drack, uh, who is the father, of course, of uh, Isabella. And I thought maybe this was like an alternate timeline where instead of on his, you know, he, he dies and, and uh, Vlad marries Isabella, that, that Vlad made him into a vampire maybe on his deathbed. But I, I like your reasoning so much more. I think that's oh, really you funny. You put way more thought into this than I would have. <laughs> I was just looking for connections that weren't there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got to read the Discworld series. I, I really have yeah, to. Yeah, you should. You I, should. I love Terry Pratchett. Uh, I, I love... Did you ever... Uh, you, you've probably read uh, Good Omens. Uh, the well, Terry I haven't Pratchett yet, actually. And, uh... I, 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 I've been buying the, uh, the Discworld series, uh, well, basically in spurts since I was in high school. But oh, I haven't nice. read through it all the way. And I it's do have real Good big. Omens. And, and I lent it to a uh, friend of mine and I got it back, but I haven't actually read it yet. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, I, yeah I hear uh, good stuff about that one as mm-hmm. well. It's really good. There was an Amazon uh, Prime series yeah, uh, that they did of it with uh, yeah, uh, David Tennant and... Uh, oh my God, who am I thinking of? But yeah, anyway, the, it was really good as well. But uh, yeah, yeah, either one is, is, is fantastic. Um, yeah, no, I, I like this character. I think that's that's... That is that is a great wild card character. Yeah, well, he's not very imaginative because the uh, cast iron ring heart of woe build is very well known amongst undead players. That's that's but, fair. I mean, yeah, it's still like it. It's still one of those. It's still an off kind of an offbeat use for a, for yeah. a character. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So uh, five hundred and forty nine points uh, is what what he's going to set you back. Okay. Okay. Uh, so. Nice. Mine, I went in a, a different direction with it. I actually went to the Skaven book for this, and I made Kritzik the No Fear Grey Seer. And uh, <laughs> so he starts at th- 340 points base. This is this is part of my obsession with wizards who are good at fighting. <laughs> I don't know why I love it so much, but I really, really do. Uh, grab the Skaven book. And for him... Uh, there, there was really like there. He kind of built himself. Like there was only certain choices that I was just like, okay, I have to make this choice, uh, because I decided that he was going to, as as of course, uh, Skaven are are the greatest uh, species in the Warhammer world uh, according to them. He would not take <laughs> any uh, magic items that were not Skaven only. Of course. So we were yeah. So we have to we had to build this guy out, uh, kind of just in this one book. Uh, the Grey Seer is, is again, pretty darn good. He's not quite, like, Necromancer or Chaos Wizard strong, but he's still weapon skill 6, strength 4, 4 wounds, and 4 attacks at initiative 7, so he can get, get some stuff done. Um, sometimes he might like to go into battle on a, uh, a Screaming Bell, but where we were just doing everybody on foot, I just kept him on foot for this. So his first item, of course, is the Fellblade, because... Yeah, can't uh, go wrong with that. Yeah, so that is uh, strength 10, d6 wound uh, for 135 points. To protect him, uh, I went for the Warpstone Armor. And this is kind of a cool one because it, it works a little bit like Chaos Armor, where he can still cast uh, whilst, whilst wearing it. Uh, I'm going to find the next item here. So the, war, uh, the wearer of the Warpstone Armor has a special save of 4+. 
For each wound saved by the Warpstone armor, uh, it automatically rebounds a strength 3 hit upon the enemy that struck the blow. And the Warpstone armor may be worn by Skaven Wizards without compromising their ability to cast spells. So I really like that one for him. And finally, he has the Skaven Brew for 50 points, uh, which is a potion that is ostensibly a magical potion that can do some fun stuff. So you roll a d6 uh, at the start of the battle, and it affects the character and any unit that he is with. Uh, on a 1, the potion has no effect. On a 2-3, to three, the unit hates all non-Skaven. And on a 4-5, to five, they are overcome by Frenzy. But on that 6, the unit moves at double speed and doubles its attack's characteristics value. You roll a further d6 at the end of each Skaven turn. On a 1, the unit suffers d6 wounds from overexertion. So there is a chance that he could be movement 10, which is fantastic. And uh, with uh, eight attacks with the fell blade <laughs> he is he is not built to last uh this <laughs> this grace here but he he was born without fear so he doesn't care he's got the fell blade the, the fell blade's always going to nice. kill you yeah. uh, he's got his warp stone armor that's probably going to mutate him and he's got his skaven brew and he just runs at the enemy uh screaming like a madman occasionally casting spells when he remembers <laughs> i just i really liked him yeah um, and and I've got good news for you, mate, uh, mm. because uh, you have one item slot yet unused. I do. I do. I, I was thinking, oh, you know what? I was thinking about that. And I think I, I kind of I forgot because I think I just we, we got to the when we were going to do the episode. And uh, yeah, so I actually do have an extra item. So maybe we can find something. That would be pretty good. The Warpstone Amulet, actually, I quite like. Any model attacking the wearer in hand-to-hand -hand combat must take a leadership test before striking. If the test is passed, the enemy overcomes the effect and strikes as normal. If the test is failed, the model suffers a minus two hit penalty and a minus two strength penalty on its attacks that turn. It's only 25 points. We yeah, do have the Seer nice Stone. Well, yeah. There's also the Seer Stone. I was looking at that one as well. Because he is a wizard, of course. He is. He is. Reluctantly, he is a wizard. Uh... Skaven who carries a seer stone may increase the range of his spells by expending extra power cards. Ooh, that's kind of fun. That could be really good. Or the uh, Skaven Warp Scroll for that extra punch. Although it is, of course, a bit of a liability because it is a a bounce spell, I guess, which can be dispelled. Ooh, yeah. It's uh, maybe cast on an enemy unit within 24 inches for a strength 3 hit on each model and it causes a panic test. Hmm. So so many fun there is. items here. No, there's only one answer, GJ. The brass orb. No fear, the brass grace here. Yeah. Yes, that's it. Thank you. There we go. We we got there. <laughs> we got there. The brass orb. Definitely. This is the best, I think, of all characters. Certainly the most competitive <laughs> that we have here. <laughs> um so yeah, Critzik, the No Fear Gracier, Fellblade, Warpstone Armor, Skaven Brew. And the brass orb, just ready for all eventualities, and his very impending death. <laughs> yes. Oh man, this is this has been way too much fun. I love making characters in this era. It, it, the same kind of feel that I I've been getting, uh, making those randomized chaos, uh, war bands and 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 characters from third ed. Like there's just there's so many possibilities, and then sometimes it's just fun to like kind of go in and, and let a character make themselves like you just have an idea of like like for the gracier it was just like what if this gracier was like 
just a very a purist. Yeah, yeah, he was just like he was just a fanatic. Like he's just he's gonna get you, and like he's just like he's gonna get he, he's taking all of the best Skaven stuff that he can find, and he's he's just gonna run at you. He's got no time for magic. Magic takes you know concentration. He's got no concentration. He's just gonna get you, uh, and that's that's kind of what came out of it. Um, yeah, I love awesome. the Hero Hammer yeah. era is so good for stuff like this. So so what did your uh, Skaven came in at? Oh yeah, I guess I gotta I gotta work that out now that I so uh, let's see we got three hundred and forty points for the rat himself, and then get my calculator here. Uh, so three forty plus one thirty five for the fell blade. One thirty five plus fifty for so a hundred between the warp stone armor and the skaven bird, uh, and then sixty five for the for the orb. Orb. 640 so, points. 40s, yeah. <laughs> this is definitely a, a good use of, of resources. <laughs> oh, man. Almost I didn't expect him to come in that. Dwarf. Yeah, I didn't expect him to come in that, that expensive. He's only uh, he's only 120 points less than the uh, Rocket Slam. <laughs> wow. Wow, yeah. yeah, More expensive than Immortal Joe uh, and Scary Larry by uh, uh, quite a ways. Yeah, this is... Uh, the, the points add up quick sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, they do. They do, especially with those 100 plus points magic items. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. wizards of the era, right? Especially the wizard lords. Cuz you're, you're yeah. paying for all the magical ability, you're paying for the stats, you're paying for you're paying for everything. Um so, yeah, that's that's so good. All right. Well, that's right. that is going to do it for our little character making challenge here. Yeah, we have just fun. a few minutes, I think, before you've got a you've got to go. So, yeah, we, we we we've got some time to yeah uh, to yeah. Kill, so, yeah. Um, so one of the things that we discussed before the episode was doing a little bit of overrated, underrated, favorite, least favorite. It's a very simple game. It's barely a game, even. It's it's more of just a share your opinions on things. Uh, so I think what we're gonna do is uh, talk a little bit about uh, hero hammer characters, our our favorites, our least favorites, the ones that we think are overrated and the ones that we think are underrated. So I guess we can start off with, uh, let's go with favorite uh, first, and then we'll do favorite, least favorite. Um, for me, I mean, we, we hit on it so many times, and, and this, isn't, this isn't surprising. I'm, I'm taking the chalk answer here. I'm not going off board. Uh, it's a slain mage priest. It's a slain <laughs> mage priest. And honestly, it's, it's like 60% aesthetics, 40% rules for me. Because the rules are so good. You can do whatever you want. We've, we've said that. The model was so unique. It was so wonderful. It was full of character. You had the bearers. Like, it was one of those first Games Workshop models that kind of pushed the envelope on what they were doing with their models at the time. Because you had these big metal kits. You had the big monster kits. You had those kind of things. But the Slam Mage Priest was was a character kit that it had it had the, the weirdness of how it went together. But it... it really looked so unique on the battlefield there was yeah. really nothing else that you had that looked anything like this this giant toad carried by these four saurus it was it was so wild and and fun and i just hate how short-lived it was i i love the uh i love the slan models that they came out with in in for sixth edition but they it just without the uh without the bearers i just it just didn't cut as as an interesting a silhouette or as interesting a profile um so yeah slan would be my favorite character of the era 
Alright, good choice. Yeah, I'm not going to say slam now, of course. Um, <laughs> I, I probably wasn't uh, wasn't going to do that anyway. I, I think I'm going for one of the necromancer characters. Uh, and I'm thinking a lich. Oh, Because, beautiful. to my knowledge, um, they didn't really get any models back in the day. And they sort of disappeared afterwards. Of course, you had later on the lich priests, which uh, were from the Tomb Kings, but... Yeah, it's not the same. Uh, you got these big, nasty fighting characters, and um, well, we we discussed this before the episode. Uh, the only difference between a lich and a necromancer lord is that the necromancer lord can take one extra spell and costs you sixty points more. And uh, for the rest, they are exactly the same: same magic level, same number of magic items, same stats. Mm-hmm. So I'm going with the lich for three hundred and fifty points and. Well, since it's necromancy and you can pick your spells anyway, uh, I think what I can do with four spells, I could just as well do with three spells. That's a good so, choice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's a real shame that we didn't get lich models because I, I would love yeah. to have seen like how how undead would they have gone with with the lich like what? would it be would it be a full-on skeleton wizard or would it be something something akin like a mix between like a, a necromancer but maybe a little bit more you know ragged a little bit more uh zombie-esque looking i just would have loved to have seen what the sculptors would have done with something like a lich they they do have the uh the lich king uh which is arkhan the black in his chariot oh yeah he's just a big skeleton so, boy isn't uh, he yeah yeah i think so yeah. I, I should get that model sometime it's uh okay. the Beautiful model, by the way. It's it's gorgeous. It's so gorgeous. I've I've had so I've had a Arcan the Black model on like my eBay like watch list. Uh, I think for like six months now because the the person wants like well over a hundred dollars for it, like something like a hundred and fifty or hundred and sixty dollars Canadian, and I just keep like. I'm not. I'm never going to buy it for that price. I, I just. I cannot do that. That is irresponsible. But at the same time, like I can't let it go. <laughs> Someone needs to buy keeps that. Hovering so like, over that yeah. mouse button. <laughs> it's just like it, I keep looking at it because it's a, it's a gorgeous chariot. Just a yeah, gorgeous it is. chariot. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Uh, all right. Least favorite. Least favorites. So this is do a you hard have any one. Idea because... about that? What's that, sir? Do, do you have any idea about that already? <sighs> As... I've got, I've got a couple of things rolling through my head, but I, it, my problem is that I, I, I everything of this era I look through with huge nostalgia goggles. So I was just like, oh, it's, ah, yeah. it's glorious, right? It's it's beautiful. Um, if you've got one that that's like standing out to you, uh, feel free. Well, uh, it's not really standing out, but when I think about least favorite, uh, I think about which of the characters do the least for the amount of points that they cost, and then. You are uh, in the realm of the elf generals. And uh, since uh, dark elves are the army of of the three elf armies that appeal to me the least, I'm going to say the dark elf general. Oh my god, that's the uh, perfect answer. 160 points. He is a uh, movement 5, web skill 7, blitz skill 7, which is not too bad. But then we get to strength 4, toughness 4, 3 wounds, initiative 9, 4 attacks, leadership 10. And, well... He's squishy, he's an elf, and he doesn't really hit hard. Um, it's uh, and, and he costs a lot of points, and he's mandatory, so that's going to be the one for me. GJ, I, I can't make a better argument than that, because I play Dark Elves, 
and they're the they're the elves that appeal to me the most and having to take a dark elf general every time i play is the worst because you either like there's just there's no potential for them basically like you can make them decent but the points that you're spending on it like compared to what you could be getting in another book is just wildly overcosted, and even amongst the elven generals they're the worst because the other elven generals you can give them like machine gun bows and put them on eagles at oh, least yeah, where course. those stats yeah. don't matter as much but the dark elf is just like hey hey i'm gonna be here and i'm probably gonna die and your army's gonna route it's <laughs> like could you not could you just not for once <laughs> just please? immediately die uh yeah that is the actual objective right answer so i that's i i can't do better than that that is the perfect least favorite <laughs> um okay yeah well, yeah uh what, so what else over, we got overrated and underrated are our last two. Ooh. yeah overrated and and maybe this is just because and i i love them dearly dearly and i even you choose chose one today to make a uh a character with vampire lords to me are kind of the obvious choice always because they're really good like they're really really good uh but at the same time they're kind of just like you just kind of see them everywhere and that strength and toughness is is really nice there are ways around it though i don't think they're over costed or anything like that i just think that like I don't know. Too, they're too just many not as, take him. Yeah, they're just not yeah. that interesting of a choice because they're so popular. Um, yeah. That being said, I still really like them, but I, but I think maybe they're a little overrepresented. Is the only thing that I'm gonna say. Yeah, I think I I agree with you on that one. I've I've been thinking about that, and well, vampire was also one of the things that sprang to mind, um, just as easily. So, uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to say. Uh, I'm just going to defer to you here. I was going to say okay. vampire as well. Nice. Nice. All right. Last one is underrated. This one, I kind of want to go back to the uh, Undead book. Because the Undead book is, is full of, of incredible... Uh, and I, I'm looking at, like, smaller characters here. Um, and, and there's a few that, that I think are a little underrated. And, and again... This is me going on kind of feel of the army and aesthetics more so than on actual stat profile. Uh, I have always, always loved the White Lords. I just think they're so evocative of, of that undead era. You have those those ornate uh, armors that, that, that they wear, the, the skeletal steeds and everything. I just... And, and for the undead book, the fourth edition undead book, where you take regiments of whites... I just think that's the coolest aesthetic in the world yeah. for undead. I, I love it so much, but you don't see them. And I understand really that they're not a competitive choice. There there's better choices for the undead. And, and once you get into vampire counts, but man, I love them so much. I think great, like the, what would become Graveguard and, and the, the whites of the early era for me, they're, they're kind of the peak aesthetic and I'd love to see more of them. Um, and I mean, they're stat line wise, they're not too bad. They really suffer from low weapon skill and low initiative. But otherwise, like a white lord is a three wound hero, which is pretty nice. It's 65 points. Like, I, I, I think there's I, I don't think they're great, but I think they're pretty decent. Oh, they definitely have their uses. Yeah. 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 Good call. I didn't even really think about hero level characters here, but 
Yeah, I was going to um, say that I was pleasantly surprised by my own uh, Savage Orc Warlord build. Those um, 8 attacks frenzied uh, give him a bit of extra strength mm. and he can do a lot of things. Because usually when I play Orcs and Goblins, uh, it's uh, Black Orc General all the way. Me too. So now I just think that maybe a Savage Orc, especially in this Hero Hammer era where the frenzy counts for double attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, Mount him on a on a boar so he's nice and quick yeah. and just uh yeah. Remove the first two ranks of something you don't like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a yeah, great so, play. Um yeah. I'm uh, I'm gonna pick uh, my my very own Savage Orc Warlord. Excellent. Excellent, nice. And man, again aesthetically, just knocked it out of the park. The, yeah. the Savage Orcs are beautiful. They just are, beautiful. they are. Yeah. All right. Great discussion. Thanks so much. Uh, for joining me for this one today, GJ. This has been yeah, thanks for way too me. much fun. I'm I'm glad uh, to finally get to to reveal our characters and uh, and talk about them a little bit because they were all super fun. So yeah, um, yeah. That I still keep thinking about that Rune Lord and just how wild he is. <laughs> He's just such a cool such a cool idea you had there. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for this one. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to the War Games Orchard. If you enjoy the show, why not join us on Patreon? There you'll gain access to all of our bonus content for any level of donation. It's a great way to help us keep going and enjoy extra Orchard content. If Patreon's not your thing, please consider giving us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice and sharing this show with friends. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find us on Facebook at The Warhammer Orchard and The War Games Orchard, or by email at wargamesorchard at gmail.com. <laughs>